0: to me. I'm so emotional today, y'all. It's been a day um, and it's just such like a whirlwind and I feel like a giant baby has been birthed. <laughs> I'm a creative baby with this book um, and it truly means the world to me how many of you are feeling so supported by this being created and excited about um, getting your hands on it. Um, but you know, today not only marks the release of my book, but also the year anniversary of my preventative double mastectomy. Um, yeah, like a year ago, I was, as I'm recording this, laying on the operating table, having my breasts amputated um, to prevent me from having breast cancer. Welcome to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast. I am sitting down to record this for you on December 3rd, 2019, which is two days before this goes live. Um, it is the official date of my book, I Chopped Off My Tits, being released on Amazon. Um, so I know a lot of you have already snagged your copy Um But if you haven't yet, um, check out the link in my bio, um, and by bio, I mean the link in the show notes um, to snag your copy, or you can head over to amandacatherineloy.com forward slash book to get it. Um, But I wanted to hop on here and do something that I haven't really done since I first started this podcast, um, which is just speak off the cuff about what this means to me. I'm so emotional today, y'all. It's been a day. Um, And it's just such like a whirlwind. And I feel like a giant baby has been birthed. (laughs) I'm a creative baby with this book. Um, And it truly means the world to me how many of you are feeling so supported by this being created and excited about um, getting your hands on it. Um, but you know, today not only marks the release of my book, but also the year anniversary of my preventative double mastectomy. Um, yeah, like a year ago I was, as I'm recording this laying on the operating table, having my breasts amputated, um, to prevent me from having breast cancer, um, preventatively because I have the BRCA gene and, um, I remember going into that day feeling such a crazy whirlwind of emotions, you know, it was like half fear and terror and pure anxiety and half um, bravery and courage and pride and uh, so much uh, gratitude for being able to take uh, make this decision in the first place, um, you know, Oh, it's so funny. I woke up this morning and rolled over and found a card that Kev had written for me. Um, Just sharing his perspective and celebrating, you know, everything that the last, you know, almost two years of my life have represented because so much of it has been about this part of my journey and this chapter of my story. Um, And just to look back and realize like where I was when I recorded episode six, you guys, when I first found out that I had the Broca gene was around the time that the podcast launched. It was the podcast launched literally like the day I found out (laughs) that I had the Broca gene. It was so crazy. And I never imagined that I would be sharing about this so openly or sharing about this at all because I didn't imagine this would be a part of my life. Um, And I remember the day i found out and i talk about this in in the book during the during part 1 um all about my story and um and feeling so sad and alone and scared but also so empowered at the same time to be a voice and i remember that that was the first thing that i thought about after i felt so sorry for myself and and so uh emotional it was this isn't okay. This isn't okay that there are so many women in their 20s and there are no resources for them around this. It isn't okay that I had to search high and low in order to have any concept of what this experience could look like. And certainly that there was no resource on the planet for how to navigate a traumatic process like this or really any trauma at all or really major shifts in our lives, right? Like, we just don't have the tools we are not taught we are not raised with those tools and what turned what went from grief and and so much anxiety it, that perpetuated but it turned into anger which turned into purpose and that purpose very quickly um without me really even realizing it turning it in, turned into me writing a book um, and that process started about 2 months after my surgery And here we are a year later with this book um, in the ether um, as a tool, as a resource for anyone going through this or anyone going through anything hard in life to be able to pick up and have in their hands – and I really recommend getting a copy so you can like highlight the shit out of it, you guys, and write notes to yourself and margins and all that good stuff because it just makes it so much more accessible – But if you're a Kindle person, you fine, and that'll be out soon. Um, But I just – I remember feeling so alone and feeling like nobody understood and that there wasn't anyone in my corner. And my hope with you reading this book and hearing this story in a whole new light and reading all of my deep and darkest fears, y'all, I go deep, that you feel less alone because that's really what this is all about, right? It's about embracing the humanity of ourselves and it's about taking ownership of what is going on inside of us and it's about having so much compassion for the journey. Um, And that's what this book is really about and that's what this last year has been about. You know... And I remember going into that room in that hospital and walking in and just like wondering what my life was going to look like on the other side, like feeling so much fear around that. Um, and a lot of the, so the book is broken down into three sections. And um, if you look at the table of contents, uh, part three is, um, part one is my story. Part two is entitled fear. And then part three is the aftermath. And I break down my fears going into this, which you probably can relate to a lot of these, even if you have not been through this surgery, right? So for example, I say, facing your fears head on, my body dysmorphia will come back. My sex life is going to go down the dumps. If I break down, they'll see me as weak. My life is never going to go back to normal. I'm going to have franken tits. I'm going to die. My dog isn't going to recognize me. I will never be able to have kids. I will regret my decision. I'm going to be dirt broke. I mean- Those are the big old, like, busty chapters um, around the fear section, and those are my fears going in, y'all. Like, it was uh, intense, Um, and in each chapter, you'll see that I I walk you through those fears for myself and also um, echo a lot of the women that I interviewed for this book. Um, It's not just my voice you're going to hear in here. It's a lot of incredible women with incredible stories. Um. Who have really, really helped pave the way for this book to be written, and given me so, so, so much inspiration. Um, and at the end of each chapter, there is um, there is a tool for you to flip your mindset around that fear, and a tool that um, you can really use and utilize in your own in your own life and with so much intention. Um, and and these are the things that I wish I had, I had had in my pocket. Um, These are the things that I wish I had had so laid out for me and the things that I had to learn the hard way by navigating it and um, head on and uh, paired with all of my years of, of mindset coaching um, and supporting my own clients um, and all the tools that I have in my toolbox from that particular part of my practice. Um, But it is, it's just so wild to to think that I'm I'm literally sitting here recording this in my bathrobe um, and like holding my boobs that for the longest time I didn't think would feel like my own, um, and it's been a really long journey to figuring that out for myself, and I just want I just want to give you so much love if you are going through something, a transition in your life or, um, you know, you're trying to figure something out about yourself or, um, you're navigating uh, a lot of fear and a lot of, um, anxiety head on because it can feel so lonely and it can feel so overwhelming at times. And I just want you to know that you are so not alone (laughs) and, that if there's anything that this last year has taught me is that you can do hard things, (laughs) you can do hard things and you can show yourself so much compassion in the process. And you are so, so, so much stronger than you think. And also that it's okay to not be okay. Um, as long as you're showing up for yourself (laughs) along the way, um, you know, uh, I never ever, ever, ever thought that I was going to be a book writer. <laughs> like I genuinely uh would have laughed in your face if you had told me that a year ago I was gonna write a book. Like if you had been talking to me a year ago and been like, yeah, you're gonna write a book, I'd been like, ha, that's really fucking funny, because there's no way in hell. That's not on the that's not on the 10 year plan, it's not on the 20 year plan. Um, but it's so funny. Like, as part of my intro, I talk about this and it's just really I never expected. I never expected this piece of my life, and yet here we are. Um, And I know a lot of you are so excited, but I wanted to read you a chapter, um, one of my fear chapters, which I think you will be able to really, really, really identify with and see yourself in and sort of give you a glimpse into what this journey has looked like for me and what this book is all about. And so the chapter I'm going to read is called Fear. Fear. If I break down, they'll see me as weak. I remember the day when I got the call that I was positive for the BRCA1 gene mutation vividly. It was mid-afternoon. I had spent my day on coaching calls, going for a long walk with my dog Toby, and packing for my upcoming trip to LA. I was sitting at my desk responding to some emails when I got the call. My heart was pounding out of my chest, and when I heard the words I already knew deep down were true, I hung up. I quickly called my husband, Kev, and told him, as stoically as possible, and then called my parents and did the same. And as soon as I got off the phone, I started to sob. I ran from the office to my bathroom, stripping off every piece of clothing as I went, turned on the shower, got in, curled up in a ball at the base of the tub, and cried and cried and cried as the hot water ran over my naked body. Kev came straight home from work as soon as he hung up the phone with me, and we got when he got back to our apartment, he found me in bed, wet, curled up in a ball, and staring at the wall. And he laid there with me for hours. I couldn't move. My eyes stung from having cried so hard, and I didn't have the words to say much of anything outside of "I knew it, I knew it, I knew it." For the next few weeks, I found myself having so many emotional moments, but they uh, happened always when I was alone. I spent most of my life trying to numb my feelings. It often showed up in the form of using food as a coping mechanism or excessive control in the form of exercise, and I spent years on the binge eating and orthorexia train as a result. This time, however, my numbing took on the form of distraction. The day after I got the call from my doctor, I was scheduled to go on a two-week trip to L.A., San Francisco, and Hawaii. So the next day, I packed my bags and got on a plane for a three-day leadership business conference in L.A., While there, I didn't talk to anybody about my results. I poured into the conference and put it as far out of my mind as I possibly could. It wasn't until Kev met me in L.A. for our drive up the coast to San Francisco that I let it back into my mind for more than a second. Long drives are where Kev and I have our best conversations. It's like a vulnerability portal for us. Have something we need to iron out? Take a drive. Need to bring up a tough topic of conversation? Let's rock a road trip. And that drive from Los Angeles to San Francisco felt like the first time I had exhaled since the call four days prior. As soon as we'd gotten the car out of the car park and onto the main highway and we knew where we were going, I finally gave myself permission to let the emotional floodgates open. The tears and the why me's came on strong and all of the fears that had been going on in my head finally came spilling out. Don't worry, Linda. I didn't cry for all nine hours. Kev distracted me and made me laugh so hard I inhaled my own snot and almost choked. You're welcome for that mental image. By coming up with some crazy idea of the, of creating, uh, the creating of um, teleportation tits and how maybe, in the future, they would be invented for all women with post-mastectomy implants, and I could use my tits to teleport wherever I wanted to go in the world. Told you I'd tell you more about this. For real, this joke continued on for months. He even got me nipple stickers as a gift for Christmas last year that said there and back again, and I laughed so hard I peed a little. (laughs) Showing raw emotions has always been a super vulnerable thing for me. Don't get me wrong, I'm a total sap and anyone who knows me knows that I tear up at any adorable rom-com, videos of cute animals, and anytime I get a homemade card from someone I love. But real, raw, messy emotion has always been something I've personally avoided by any means necessary. (laughs) Did my attempts to avoid it at all costs always work? Hell no. Just like our beautiful drive up the California coast, Kev has seen me ugly cry more times than I can count. But every time I've had an emotional response like that to anything, I found myself thinking that I should be stronger. That feeling things in that way was a sign that I lacked strength. And that's exactly how I felt as we pulled into San Francisco get it together, Amanda. This is your anniversary trip. You can't be a blubbering mess the entire time. So in true old Amanda fashion, who didn't work on embracing her vulnerability for the first years of her adult life, instead of owning my emotional truth, I opted to suppress it. It felt easier that way. I wanted to have an amazing time with Kev and spending the entire time crying wasn't my idea of a vacation. That car ride was the last time I cried in front of other people for months. Hell, I didn't even cry again for an entire week. The next time was a week later, that time I mentioned earlier, in Hawaii on the beach. The tourists must have thought I was a crazy person, but I didn't care. I couldn't hold it in any longer. The pattern of suppressing my emotions along this journey continued for longer than I'd care to admit. Sure, it felt safe to cry in front of Kev. He's seen me at my fucking worst and loves me for all of me. And my journal has seen more tears than most, so we go way back. And soon, the daily routine of working out first thing and listening to This Is Me and crying while I cooled down became a huge part of my process. But spending my time perpetually crying to friends, sitting in the suck of it all, and God forbid, showing how fucking terrified I was online, I had never felt so vulnerable and it scared the shit out of me to let my guard down in that way. And with good fucking reason. I had never felt... Oh, I skipped. (laughs) Here we go. We've been socially conditioned to believe that showing any type of emotion is a form of weakness. If you're a man, and this is a star, no, this is a gross stereotype, but not always the case. But let's be honest, stereotypes exist for a reason. And yes, I mean any male-identified human or even male-passing human, a.k.a. a person who, to the external world, passes as a man, not a woman. So if you're a man and you cry, you're no longer seen as the tough, strong guy that you've been programmed to believe you're supposed to be. If you're a woman and you cry... You're viewed as unstable, hysterical, and unreliable. Is this global perception starting to shift? Yes. And yet these beliefs are so deeply rooted in our psyche. Emotions make me weak. A statement that while I logically know not to be true, I still often find myself feeling a lack of strength within me when I get, quote, too emotional, unquote, about something. This was something I felt deeply through my lead up to surgery. So many of my friends and family told me how impressed they were with how well I was handling when I was navigating, that I was so strong and courageous for everything I was doing and how I was showing up for all the doctor's appointments, decisions, and beyond, when in reality, I felt like a total fraud. Would they think I was strong if they knew I was having daily breakdowns behind closed doors? If I shared how I was truly feeling and how much anxiety I was going through, they would feel different differently. These thoughts whirled around in my head for months. And throughout that time, I realized that by not sharing how I was truly feeling, I was doing a disservice not just to my community, but to myself. Being a public figure, star, I know, I know, I hate that word too, but y'all cannot catch me ever using the word influencer, gag me, (laughs) is what truly forced me to break my own personal stigma around appearing weak and feeling my feels. Why? Because the thing I thought about after I got the call from my doctor, immediately after thinking I knew it, was... How can I use this for good? I believe that we are given mountains to overcome in our lives for a reason. And I quickly discovered that my reason was to use the gift of my online platform to help other women in my shoes feel less alone. Because let me tell you, in between the traveling and exploring the mountains in Hawaii, I was spending my time desperately searching for someone my age who was going through what I was to. I like to consider myself a social media ninja. It's a huge part of my job after all. But other than a few Facebook groups that consisted of mostly 50-year-old women and up who had already had kids and were in a completely different phase of their life than I was, I came up short. Podcasts about it? None. A book about what it's really like? Nada. I found the odd Instagram post and blog post about it, but most of them outlined tips and tricks for surgery and packing lists for the hospital. I craved real and honest conversation. I wanted to see another woman just like me sharing vulnerably about what it was really like for her, so I didn't have to play a shit ton of guessing games. So, in, in true Amanda fashion, I decided to be that person. My podcast, Live Your Fuck Yes Life, had literally launched two days before I got the call, and while I had no intention of using it as a platform to share my story around Broca, you know, since I didn't even know that I was positive, once I had settled into my reality, I recorded my first solo episode about what I was going through in real time. It was fucking terrifying to let that episode go live, but I'm so grateful that I did because it captured my true emotional state at that part of my journey. Sharing my story is how I flip my fear into purpose. Is showing up vulnerably about this part of my life scary and hard? You better fucking believe it. But I knew that if I could change just one person's life for the better, it was worth it. Now, I'm not saying that you should go out and start a podcast, write a book, or make a zillion social media posts about the trauma you're facing in your own life. Our our paths are all different, and for many of us, sharing our stories in such a public way is the farthest thing from the right path for ourselves. But if my obsession of self-development practices in the past year have taught me anything, it's that vulnerability and being willing to get in touch with your emotions is the true definition of strength." Owning the emotional parts of this journey gave me strength that I never imagined possible. And it turns out that my big fear about being perceived as weak got totally blown out of the water. If anything, sharing my story has been the vehicle for others to unlock their own strength from within. And while I am still taken aback by it, so many women have heard my story and seen my vulnerability and reflect that they see nothing but strength, courage, and a true warrior in front of them. I echo those words back to you right now, sister. Because no matter what darkness you're facing, that is what makes you so damn worthy and strong to me. So, how can you flip this fear on its head? Share your story. It doesn't have to be online for the world to see unless that gets you hella excited, in which case, go for it. The world needs to hear your voice. It can be as simple as opening up to a loved one, a friend, your partner. Writing a letter all about what you're going through that you never actually send, but allows you to get that shit out of your head and onto paper. Your tears are beautiful, lady love. Your emotions are so fucking valid. Anxiety is a super typical response to any traumatic experience in life. Every single person I interviewed for this book experienced anxiety in some capacity, some in greater greater ways than others, but they all felt it. And I hope in reading this, you are reminded that you are not alone. It can be so fucking overwhelming to navigate your emotions, especially when we're told to put ourselves last in life and just suck it up and deal with it. So this is your official permission slip, if you need it, to let yourself feel it all, because that, my love, is my definition of true strength. (sighs) And that's the chapter. I just want to say... How appreciative I am of all of you! You live your fuck yes, lifers are seriously some of the bad, most baddest humans. I have the privilege of knowing, um, and whether you are new to the podcast or new to my world, or have been following along from the beginning, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for going on this ride from, with me. Thank you for supporting my book thank you for supporting your heart by showing up here every thursday and and thank you for having the courage to do the work to take inspired action which you're going to get a shit ton of with this book um and and take steps towards living your fuck yes life whatever that looks like for you whether you have brocka too or maybe um, you've been affected by breast cancer in some way, or maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a life transition, um, or maybe you just need uh, need to be surrounded by other humans who are owning their truth and standing vulnerably in it. I stand with you. I wouldn't be here without you. Um, I wouldn't be doing any of this if it weren't for you. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on this journey with me. And, um, I hope you enjoy this book as much as I enjoyed writing it because it is really my, my gift to you. It is my heart on a paper and, um, I can't wait to hear all of your takeaways. So again, um, you can snag it um, on Amazon if you check out um, the show notes or you can just head over to amandacatherineloy.com forward slash book to snag your copy um, and tag me on Instagram once you get it, once you order it so I can celebrate the shit out of you um, and uh, and getting one step closer to living your fuck yes life. So have an amazing week and I'll see you guys on the flip side. Bye-bye.